All right, welcome again to Last Ones at the Bar. We're giving you a double dose this week. And so this is what we're calling our prediction episode. My name is Wilton Henry. And again, I'm joined by Daniel Lee and Lavelle Jackson. All right, fellas, we're going to go ahead and pick things up. You know, no need to have an intro since we did that yesterday. So let's go ahead and get off into these fight predictions that's coming up. We're going to start with um, the pound for pound king. Canelo Alvarez, he's made a decision to take the zone deal. I believe that's like 100 million, I believe, or 80 million. But it's, it's going to be more than that because there's an option for a third fight. Um, but his first fight under that new deal is going to be against Russian, uh, the Russian Bivol. Who do you like in this fight and why? Wow. Uh, this is an interesting fight. You know, the pound for pound king saw Canelo Alvarez. Uh, 57, one and two with 39 knockouts, five for eight, uh, which is short for a light heavyweight with a 70 inch reach, but he's a solid, you know, strong guy. He's short, but stocky. Uh, coming off his victory over uh, Caleb Plant to unify the uh, super middleweight title. And there's no need to even go over Alvarez's uh, resume. If you, if you don't know his resume by now, you need to listen to more episodes. <laughs> you go against Dimitri Bivo. Um, 19 and 0, 11 knockouts, six feet, um, six feet tall. He's coming off a win over Umar Salamar. Um, this fight is, is very interesting. You have Alvarez, the boxer, puncher. He's very patient. You know, he can vary his attacks. Um, he can pretty much do it all right now. The only true knock on him, what used to be his uh, stamina, he's had stamina issues. And he may still have some stamina issues, stamina issues, even though he's improved on it. I think what it is, he's learned to fight a, a, a lot more relaxed. So, so even when he's pressuring guys and walking them down, it's like he's so relaxed when he's doing it and having these incoming punches. And it's, he stepped his defense up a lot. Uh, you have Dimitri Bivol, who has a, um, a pretty – uh, lengthy, pretty uh, weighty amateur pedigree. I mean, which which always accounts for something. Whether you know he, he really has nice fundamentals, he's very offensively gifted. Um, the only knock that the knock that I do see on him is sometimes he he's offensively gifted, but he doesn't really he has trouble stepping it up a little bit. You know, sometimes he he, he falls into his rhythm, and even though uh, he does have power, he can't hurt guys. He, he's content just boxing and sometimes uh there's it, a lot of questions on on what would happen if he starts to take some punishment so going to this fight uh I, I think that i expect bivo to give canelo some trouble i think early on but uh, but the only question is once he starts feeling that uh canelo power what's going to happen um and and looking at dimitri bivo's uh makeup I think once he takes Canelo's power, because really sometimes the puncher is not always the guy to punch the hardest in a fight. Sometimes the puncher is the one that can take the other guy's punches because that means they can keep moving forward. Like, uh, let's say a Vander Holyfield against Mike Tyson, where Tyson's the harder puncher, but Holyfield could take it. So he was capable of backing Mike Tyson up. So I think in this fight, uh, even though, and, and I'm not even 100% sure that Bivo punches harder, but I know that Canelo will be the puncher in this fight, and he's going to back Bivo up a little bit. And Bivo, he's going to force Bivo to, 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 to move around him. 
And I think that's where Bivol can shine a little bit because he's a bigger guy who can who can move and he can stick and move. He can use his jab. He can, he can do a lot of different things. But I do think he'll be in retreat mode in the second half of the fight. And I think Canelo is going to win down the stretch for a unanimous decision. And that's how I see this fight going. So, yeah, um, in this fight, you got uh, Canelo. Both guys are, are 31 years of age. And as far as Canelo, I'm not going to go over as far as his skills. I think by now we all know what Canelo brings to the table. I feel like every episode I'm saying the same thing. Tactical, you know, technician and all of those type of things. I'm not going to say that again because, like I said, like Bill said, if you've been listening, then you know my perception of Canelo. And we all know who Canelo has faced, you know, and like I said, what he brings to the table. It's just more so now who he's facing. Now, Dimitri Bevel, he is uh, coming off the, the Umar Shalomar fight that he had in December. He won a 12-round unanimous decision. I thought that he looked pretty good in that fight. But at the same time, Here's the thing. So I'm, I'm going to go as far as his attributes. So to me, Bibble, this is what I see. I see a fighter who has great movement, you know, nice balance, good foot placement. He has a really nice, solid jab, and he knows how to keep his opponent at the end of his punches. He does a really good job of that. The other things that I see in Bevel is that he's durable. You know, he's always in shape. And he's unlike some of Canelo's previous opponents, like Caleb Plant, and Billy Joe Saunders, where he doesn't fade in the mid to late round. So those are all attributes that Canelo typically doesn't face like all in one fighter. And so that, to me, that's going to be something to, to, to look, you know, at, you know, once this fight takes place on Cinco de Mayo. And Dimitri Bivol, he has wins, um, pretty impressive wins over Joe Smith, John Pascal, and Sullivan Barrero, and Sullivan Barrero was still pretty much in his prime. Um, I also think that Bevel, out of the four fights that Canelo could have taken, or even a five, include the cruiserweight champ, I think that Bevel is the best fighter out of the bunch, or at least the toughest opponent for Canelo out of the bunch. As far as my prediction in this fight, I think that Canelo, his advantages is going to be overall skill, fighting at the elite level on a consistent basis. This is going to be Bibble's first fight of this magnitude. You know, how will he hold up under those, those lights? You know, um, the other thing is going to be the fact that Canelo to me in this fight, here, here's, here's the, the main thing. I think Bibble has a really good one to boom, boom. Like I say, keys guys at the end of his shots. What Canelo is going to be able to do, being the, 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 the high-level, pound-for-pound, number one caliber guy that he is, that he's going to eventually be able to time his rhythm. I don't see Bill, there's not much else that he does outside of the one-two. He has a, a good set of punches that he throws but it's not a lot of variation within that. Now he does it at an elite level, but an elite high IQ fighter with the punching power of a Canelo, 
I think that he's going to eventually catch that rhythm. And that's where he's going to be able to um, like get more rounds in. And, and that's where it's the, the fight is going to go in the direction of Canelo. I don't see this being a whitewash. I don't think it's going to get to a point where he's just demolishing Bivol at um, any stretch of the imagination. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that this is more so a 7-5 type victory for Canelo. And then also Canelo's going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to any of the close rounds. So that's the way I see this fight playing out. My prediction is that Canelo's going to catch his rhythm and he's going to win, I think, a pretty convincingly, but it's going to be like a 7-5 type of decision victory. So I don't have much additional to add here, um, but I will piggyback on the advantage that Canelo has in the sense of him fighting the elite competition more consistently. One, because I think that that has enabled him to sort of have experience a style similar to Bivol's already. And, you know, in general, what I have seen from Canelo over these past, over his run over the past, what, three years is his style is basically this. He's content pacing himself as the fight progresses. So the first few rounds, he'll toy with the jab and get his head movement going. Um, by the fourth or fifth round, he's working in some of the hooks and the uppercuts. So he's starting to make a deposit to the body. And then by the eighth or the ninth round, he's kind of unleashed his full arsenal by then. And he's content giving up rounds, start that process. And he doesn't really care because he's breaking down the opponents also. Um, I think this is going to be the case here. You know, like, I don't know if you guys, you know, felt this way, but I recall you know, at some point, maybe 10th, 11th round in the plant fight, you know, he, I had him down in terms of the rounds, but then, you know, kind of over this, over a series of just a flurry in the 11th round, you know, he kind of got playing out of there. And I'm not saying that would be the case here, but I also don't believe that anybody between 160 and 175 is going to withstand 12 rounds of his hooks to the body. And I think that's going to be the case against Bivol. And Bivol is in a position where, although he's a, a very good boxer, he doesn't really have a choice but to knock out Canelo in order to get a win because Canelo is in a $160 million deal, and that's too much money for him to lose any other way besides stoppage. And so that's some more pressure on, on Bivol to perform in a way that's going to get him a stoppage if he wants to keep his belt. So it's only three possibilities for a result at that point. Either Canelo decision, Canelo stoppage, or Bivol stoppage. I think that um, Canelo is going to win. And I think I'm going to go with, I wouldn't be surprised at all by a decision. Um, so I can appreciate myself from the pack. I'm going to go with a late Canelo stoppage. The gusto. Yes, sir. Y'all got anything else on this one, though? No, it should be a good fight. I think so, too. And I agree. I'll just say that I agree that this is, you know, I hate that he he catches the flat that he does because, you know, to your point, Will, this is out of the all the fighters that was offered up to him, this is the best fighter out of that group. You know what I mean? But, you know, that, that comes with the price of being great. You know, everybody's going to have something to say. I think, you know, when it comes to the, the deal that Robert Garcia made a good 
when he said this, that with the DAZN deal, not only do, do they have the option of the third fight, which I want to say it will make the deal about a one, one you see the 120 or 140. Now, that's, that's part of it. But the biggest thing is if Canelo wants to have the Triple G fight, if he took the PBC deal, then that, that fight probably would have been off the table because it's, as far as Triple G's age, and then also somebody else might get Triple G before that. The other guys are so young that he can conceivably go through the Bill will fight if he's successful. Golovkin fight if he's <clears> successful. And even fight the cruiserweight guy if he wanted to. And then come back and face the other two guys who Benavidez is very young. And then Charlo will still be, you know, of age where that fight is still a big fight if he doesn't lose, you know. So I, I see where that angle is for Canelo and taking the zone deal, the PBC deal. I agree. I don't think Canelo is in the business of, of the fan-friendly fights no more, to be real with you. I think that he's going to do this. He's going to use Triple G as kind of a tune-up to do whatever he's going to do in December. And then um, I could see him fighting. I'm going to put in the early bid for he be doing 2023, but I could see him fighting the winner of Better BF and Joe Smith Jr. for 2023 and being undisputed. And what you could look at is by, by then, you know, he might have become a five division champ and he might have become undisputed at 175. And after that, I don't know what's left for him to do, but I don't think he has to fight any of those guys at that point. I hate to say it, but Benavidez might have messed up when he was shipped to that belt because, like, if he would have kept that belt, you know, Canelo would have had to see him. But now Canelo really doesn't have to see him, and he also doesn't have to care what the fans think because he's going to make his money regardless. Yeah, and those guys did it to themselves. Like you said, Benavidez by losing a belt, and the other guys by not fighting, like, stiff opposition to, like, to make the demand there. So Canelo, like, now you're going to have a, a segment of people who's going to say, well, he's not fighting him. He's not fighting him. You know, but he's still doing enough where it's like he's still fighting him. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I can't knock him for, you know, not fighting you. And you sitting there arguing about this fight. And then we look and see who you fighting. We're like, man, you're not even fighting anybody. So it's, it's, it's like I said, that's the reason why he's put he put himself at such a higher like over those guys. He's so far ahead of those guys in terms of vertically. You know what I'm saying? And then also he's just lapping them in terms of every time he fights somebody, it's somebody that's far better than what the other guys are doing that you can't even make the like a really logical argument for him to have to face those guys that are complaining that he they, they that Canelo needs to see them. And so I agree. Yep. You good, Val? Yeah, I'm good. Yep. So uh coming up this Friday. We have an ESPN Plus card. Uh, Jose Ramirez is coming back after his lone loss to Josh Taylor to fight Jose Pedraza. How do you guys see this one playing out? We got Jose Ramirez coming off his uh, loss to uh, Josh Taylor, I believe it was last year, going against Jose uh, Pedraza. I think um, in this fight, I think there's levels, and I think 
Ramirez is just operates on a higher level than Pedraza. They, they both are very, you know, they can be crude at some at certain points, but I think Ramirez is better. And I thought I think that even though Pedraza, uh, he actually seems more sturdier, sturdier since he's moving up since, uh, from I think he was at one thirty and one thirty five at one point. I think he's gotten more sturdier as he's moved up, but I still think it's always like this vulnerability in him I mean even though he has these these nice combinations he goes to the body he does a lot of things well but I just had had this this thought process that I think he could be uh shook too much and Ramirez is just too big for him it's not the guy you want to get shook against so I predict Ramirez by a late stoppage yeah I agree with your assessment overall I mean Pedraza has been in some wars and his only three losses are honorable. I mean, he lost to Tank, Loma, and Zapata. Uh, but I also believe that, you know, at 32, he's just one of those fighters who he's going to beat who he's supposed to beat. And he, when he steps up, he's going to lose to who's supposed to beat him. Uh, now, Ramirez has also been on some wars. You know, his lone loss is, like I said, to Josh Taylor, but he's beaten Victor Postal, Maurice Hooker, and then their common opposition, uh, Jose Zapata. So uh, I think this would be a great fight for Ramirez to get him back in the mix at 140. I, I'm going to go with a Ramirez decision. Yeah, this is it's, this is a little bit tougher to call than um, initially I thought after I previewed both guys because hopefully for Ramirez, he's not taking Pedraza lightly because Pedraza is a lot more sturdy at 140 and he has really good skills. Like he has some good skills. It's, it's just going to matter if he's going to be able to withstand some of the punishment that Ramirez is going to be putting on him because Ramirez, Ramirez is still the bigger guy. But I think when it's all said and done, I think that Ramirez is going to kind of catch his rhythm. And I see the same thing. I think that he's going to, I don't think he's going to stop Pedraza. He can, but I think that he'll win a pretty convincing 12 round decision. All right. So for our last topic, this upcoming week, we were supposed to have the third installment of the Juan Francisco Estrada and Chocolatito Gonzalez uh, fight, but it seems that Estrada had to pull out. And so now we have Chocolatito facing uh, Cesar Martinez. Um, have you guys had an opportunity to take a look at the young fella? And what is your prediction for a fight between he and the great Chocolatito Gonzalez? Yeah, I haven't seen much of his like full fights i did go back and you know do a little bit of research but you know he is a champion at the 112 pound division uh so he will be moving up and wait to take this fight uh the moving up and weight part isn't such a big deal because in terms of the elite fighters at 115 chocolatito is a undersized 115 pounder his, himself um i think that Martinez style is going to make for a good, exciting fight. It's going to be high octane. And um, I really, I really enjoy watching all these fights at the top of the 150 pound division. I'll just say that. Um, but I also think that he, 
is vulnerable defensively and has already shown that he can be hurt. And, you know, this is a huge step up in competition for him. And, you know, some of the trend that we've seen is, you know, with some of these fighters in the early episodes, you know, with, with the replacements or with mandatories, you know, they look past them. That's not something that I think Chakatito is going to do here. I think Chakatito has already been there and done that. You know what I mean? Uh, if he has ever, but I, I don't think he's in a place where he's willing to look past any opponent. And so um, I'm not willing to bet on a stoppage win or anything, but I do think that Chakatito is going to win this in a highly entertaining uh, decision. Um, Chakatito, he's still at this age, he's 34 years of age. I still think Chakatito may be the best in fighter in boxing you know he has really great footwork on the inside with his pivots the angles that he uses and then just the fluidity like there's no fighter there's guys who are powerful on the inside but it's just like just the manner in which it's, it's like a, a a nice song that you're listening to when you see him like the movements that he has inside the way he sets guys up the combinations that he throws, the punches that he lands, and like everything is strategic. You know what I mean? Like it's it's nothing that he's doing just to do it. You know, like some guys just winging shots and stuff like that. That is definitely not Chocolatito on the inside. There's a certain rhythm that he has in there that most fighters just don't have. Um, so that's the beauty of Chocolatito Gonzalez's fighting style to me. Um, Cesar Martinez, based on what I've seen, the highlights, I haven't seen a, a, an actual fight. I saw the most I've seen a fight was against a gentleman named Arroyo, who he was facing. And while with him, he appears to be very technically sound. He had a good amateur um, background and he hits hard. And then the other thing about him, he's very brave. He's like a, a little honey badger in there where he's trying to take your heart from you. You know, he's gonna keep coming. In our Royal fight, Royal set up a nice combination and dropped him, but then he came right back and did the same thing to Arroyo. And he was just taking Arroyo's heart, you know, as the fight uh, moved on, you know? So that's what I like about him. He brings a lot of good things to the table. He has one loss on his resume. He's 18-1 with 14 KOs. That first loss was actually in his first fight. He hasn't looked back since. Um, I just think in this one, the fact that he's moving up in weight, that that is, it could be a benefit, you know, because he, I believe that he'll be faster than what Chocolatito would be preparing for when he was preparing for Estrada. You know, a lot of times those guys who come up, the, especially a short notice, that the older guy really can't prepare for is that speed, that vibrance, you know, the fact that they haven't taken much punishment. And then this is their golden opportunity. So they're going and put everything that they have into it where the older guy isn't really prepared for that person who they have to beat that out of, who hasn't had it beaten out of them, you know? So that's going to be the, the only thing that could be a hiccup for Chocolatito is going to be the young man's vibrance, that, that hunger and passion that he has to be victorious. But I think at the end of the day, um, Chocolatito is one of those guys who, if you don't have, like, now, Martinez does have power. I don't think he has that sore rumba side type power 
that's what Chocolatito, with being a smaller guy for the weight class, that's what he would have trouble with. That's that's going to be, I wouldn't even say necessarily say Achilles heel, but he's an infighter. And so somebody who's an infighter and you get hit with some of those huge studying shots of a sore rump side, he's one of a kind at the lower weight classes. Now, Martinez could take advantage if, he, if he's able to consistently hit Gonzalez. I just don't see that because, like I say, with the r- r- rhythmic nature of Chocolatito, him having things down to a science on the inside, I don't see that being a factor, although it could, short notice, you just never know. But I'll have to um, put my chips on Chocolatito winning either late round stoppage, I, but I would more so count on him winning a 12-round decision. You guys gave some excellent breakdowns. Uh, so um, I'm not going to expound too much, but I, I see it similar to, to what y'all see. I mean, Martinez, uh, he, he's a, a compact puncher. He, he works on the inside also. He's very, very sharp. But when you compare him against someone like uh, Roman Gonzalez, his levels there. And, and the only question really is like at 34, how much Gonzalez has lost. Um, and, and judging him from his last fight, where I thought he actually beat Estrada, even though it ended up being a loss, it's still that question of is, is that his last great night or does he have more? Uh, and, if he, and, if he, and if he has more, he should be able to beat uh, Martinez. Uh, and I, I see it the way as you do, Will, more so along the lines of a late stoppage or uh, a UD. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, both guys get hurt in this fight. I think it, it, it has the recipe to, to, to uh, produce some, some good exchanges that we're probably going to see. And it's, it's, it's going to end up being an exciting fight, but I'm not betting against uh, Gonzalez when it comes to him against Martinez, but I won't be surprised if Mark put it on record. I won't be surprised if Julio Cesar Martinez is able to pull this one out, but for artistic purposes, I'm picking Gonzalez uh, and I'm picking decision. Last thing I have before we wrap things up on this two for one uh, episode that we have out of the predictions, which one do you think, has the highest chance of an upset is this the one the fight the fight that has the 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 most probability of being upset is the gonzalez martinez uh based off the age of gonzalez and based off of some of the things like martinez looking at the styles it shouldn't be that way but if i had to choose that would be the one yeah Mm. i think i agree uh sometimes with fighters play with house money like that you know what i mean like it doesn't have the same feel, obviously, as like when Quadras, when when Bam stepped in and fought Quadras. It doesn't have that feel. Their, their fighters not as you know you can't really compare those. But there is a looming sense of the unknown here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Bam is a bad boy, and when I looked at like Robert Garcia, I look at him because he's an honest guy. You know, when it comes to his assessment of fighters, even if he like really has a liking for someone, it seems like he has a really uh, much of a liking for Martinez. He's also picking uh, Roman Gonzalez, but he was just saying how Martinez can crack and that he's a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, and he roots for people like that. And when he talked about Bam, 
it was like the, when he was having a conversation about Bam fighting Quadras, it was already known to him that Bam was going to win that. It was like, oh, yeah, Bam, you know, so on and so forth. But he was just – he didn't even necessarily break it down. He was just right. saying how, you know, he was just confident that Bam was going to take that fight. And I was surprised just based on Bam's experience, you know, up until that point, you know. But, you know, he, he was absolutely right. But I don't think that Martinez, based on what I've seen from him in his highlights, I don't think that he's on Bam's level, at least not yet. So, but we'll see. My, my prediction probably be the same thing. This this might be the one that would be. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Pedraza, it depends. Now, it just depends on how, if he's able to, if he's durable enough to be able to withstand what uh, Ramirez is going to be bringing and hopefully in Ramirez. Also, if he's not, taking him lightly as this is just a stay busy type fight you know before I move on to bigger and better things trying to attempt to reclaim a belt or trying to get Josh Taylor back in the ring or whatever you know that could be a tricky one as well but you know all in all I think they'll they'll all be good fights and um, I'm interested to see how they play out anything else you guys have before we wrap things up no sir I mean, I just, again, very good conversation this week. We got the two-for-one special for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we do this, man. This is what we do. We, we talk this boxing each and every week. This is what we have a passion for. Um, hopefully you continue to support, you know, send a link to other people. Let them enjoy these great boxing conversation. Last thing I'm going to say is, is that we'll definitely be back in a week. And if you're supporting anybody else, then you're just back in a week. We out. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.